0: Welcome to X-Winging It, the show about Star Wars video games and and stuff, neat stuff. <laughs> is that are we getting better at this? Is that is that is We're, our second episode worse than the first?
1: Yeah, we got to write that down. That's that's good. We, that's script material there. That's scripted.
0: Sure. Uh, oh, I, I actually did write that down. It that was what I had written here on the page. I I've oh. done my prep work this time. Hi everybody, thank well, you guys for coming and listening. Uh, this is a show uh, between me. I'm Brock Wilber. I'm Alex Kane. Uh, Alex uh, works at StarWars.com and is a historian of all things Star Wars, and I am somebody who is not, uh, but I did grow up playing a lot of the Star Wars video games without having seen the source material, so my relationship with the Star Wars IP is weird. Uh, And since Disney took over uh, Star Wars, they nuked a lot of their old content so there's this whole universe of cool stories uh set in the star wars universe that will never come into play again and this podcast is about going through uh some of those stories some of those games and uh and uh, really taking a look at what they mean now uh and uh, bringing them to a new audience that might not get get a chance to experience them otherwise
1: yep and this one is 1995's uh dark forces starring uh kyle katarn uh
0: who is actually like sort of a fan favorite character Kyle is, yeah, this is this is one of those ones that we have to knock out before we can go any further in the show. This is our episode two. Uh, if you if you want to check out our episode one uh, with uh, shadows, uh, that's that's a big good one. And also, thank you to everyone who said such nice things about it. I uh, didn't know that you guys were going to be th- that excited about this. Uh, but uh, this is Dark Forces. Uh, and Dark Forces is basically... Um, so the video game Doom came out. Uh, and uh, if you are a human being... You know what Doom is. Uh, Everyone had a copy of Doom, and one of the things that made Doom very exciting to people was that uh, right out of the gate, it was very moddable. Uh, In terms of, you could do these things called wads, uh, where, because the art files uh, for, for things were so goddamn tiny, even on old internet where things took forever, you could download... Uh, these, these things that would replace literally everything in the game. You could replace sounds, you could replace the way that enemies looked, you could build your own maps and so on and so forth. And, and if you were, if you took the time, you could build something really cool. And of course, as soon as you give that power to the internet, the first thing that the internet did was make star Wars in doom. Uh, and, uh, amazingly, I was able to track down, uh, these, some of these wad files and these full conversion things from like 1994 are still out there and still playable, uh, and it turns out they're really good. They're just so incredibly good. Uh, it is somebody built like the Death Star, uh, and and Leia's blockade ship, uh, and uh, and you you sort of run around and you've got the blasters and you have the Star Wars music playing and you have audio clips from the movies. Back at a time where even just getting a wave file off of a movie seemed like a a big deal. Uh, it's. It's wild. I actually played way too much of it and took way too many notes that like I'm looking at it now. I'm like, we needn't get into that. That's not even the subject of this (laughs) game. But LucasArts saw that happening and they're like, hold up, we should uh, be getting money for something similar. Uh, And so they built their own engine. Uh, That's the thing I didn't really know. I had always thought that this was just made in Doom's engine because it's like a year after Doom comes out and it just feels like so quick to get something like that out there. Uh, but it's, it is its its own thing with some differences in it, uh, and uh, they made a first-person shooter game in the Star Wars universe that is wildly successful at what it does, uh, and it is sort of the basis from where uh, so much else in, in this universe that we're going to talk about, especially through these games, uh, originates from
1: yeah and, and like i i played the original doom about two years ago all the way through and, and picking this one up um like yeah even though there are like some different mechanical things that it lets you do like it it sure felt familiar it has that exact um formula you know like the the way the mission design is kind of done is it's like a slightly more complicated version of the original doom um but uh Yeah, it's 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 like it's very quick
0: paced. It's very simple, right? Like it's um... you you do move in such a way kind of like original Doom guy that you're like, this is too fast. Uh, But uh, it it really nails the feel of the world, like right out of the gate. You're like, I'm I'm in this place. It's it's very obviously like an imperial base because everything looks like the walls of everything I've seen in the movies. Everyone, all the or all the all the stormtroopers sort of have these audio clips that are basically just like what the WAD did. Uh, audio clips from the movies, like "Hey," and you can't go there, and 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 then they shoot at you, and all the sound effects are there. But it captures very quickly the feeling of being immersed in that world, and it is it is still in 2018. It is kind of amazing how quickly they pull that off and how well it still works.
1: Yeah, yeah. The music is is like you know, pretty much the real thing in like MIDI format, I believe. And then there's like, if you fall to your death, there's the Wilhelm scream and, uh, and little star
0: Wars touches like that. Uh, and, and it, and, and you brought it up and this is where we start, I guess is sort of, so yeah, you know what doom is you, you run around, you collect keys, you open doors, you shoot a bunch of things in the interim and then you get to the end of the level and you're done. Um, what this does, which, uh, I remember it feeling like it was years ahead when it came out, uh, from having started at Doom to this, is that uh, Doom is is nothing, story-wise. There's, there is never a point that anyone except the beginning and the end of the game like tells you anything about who you are, what's happening. This game uh, has 13-ish levels, uh, and each of them has a whole introduction where you're briefed on what's happening, you're, you're shown pictures of what some things look like that you, you're going to be looking for, uh, and, and you're told sort of what's happening in the galaxy around you, You're told why these things matter. uh, And you're given a series of objectives that you have to accomplish. It isn't just get the red key to open the red door. You actually have to like flip a bunch of switches that lowers a gate that allows you to get into another area where you boot up a generator, which gives you a software thing. And then at the end of almost every level here, you have to make your way back to the starting point so that a ship can come pick you up to get you out of there. It's it has story, and the story is built into the gameplay in a in a way that isn't just like I fired my shotgun enough and I got through to the end, uh, which it to, to take to take you from Doom to this uh, is is such a quick uh, decompression. It's such a quick increase in how this can be done, and uh, and it's still amazing to me that some of this works the way it does. Yeah,
1: some of my first like FPSs that I played were like GoldenEye, and then you know. Uh, the things that happened because of GoldenEye, then Halo 1. And I was really shocked to see Dark Forces have, it has voiceover um, in the game. So, like, during the mission, you you might get near the objective or something, or you're about to, to finish the stage, and, like, Jan Ors, uh will, like, contact you over the comms, and Kyle will be like, oh, I got the thing. Like, come, you know, pick me up. I'm making my way back to the ship. And that really shocked me that a game this old had, like, Um, some decent voiceover in it you know on top of cutscenes. and the only sort
0: of like twist that you could expect from doom sort of was that the feeling of like maybe i'm near the end of the level and all of a sudden like a bunch of doors open and you're just flooded with more enemies and this allowed for things to be like hey there's a change now and now you actually have to go accomplish this different set of things like you could do a gameplay based twist in what was happening uh, that that people can't see coming. They're like there's there's scripted events here and things can be triggered. So like there's you know there's like a fight in in a bay at one point and like uh, you know ships are like leaving the bay and flying out into space and things are happening around you. Like there's there is a world and there are objects and they are all interacting based on what you're you're doing. It's not just again, they're monsters and sometimes the lights change. Uh, it is, there. there's so much that happens here and the idea that they did it so quickly on the heels of Doom, when well, not even on the heels of Doom, on the heels of watching the modding community make Star Wars in Doom is, is just so fascinating to me. Yeah, and
1: I, I think the geometry in the level design and things like that, uh, even where it's like frustrating and annoying, and, you know, and like, consists of a lot of puzzles like it's still to look at it, it's a little bit more impressive than the original doom i think in terms of like um there being you know multiple like levels like tiers to the the map and and uh and like just little areas that you can go off and explore it it feels a little bit more uh purposeful sometimes i think
0: and like it looks it looks like a star wars environment right and, and that is one of the things too that technically uh, is different here is that um doom was all isn't really 3d it's this 2d thing and so the world had to be also built in a 2d space so you couldn't really go up and down things uh and and you couldn't have levels uh in, in this way uh and what dark forces does is like what if we just had levels and you could go the tape, ride elevators to these different things but uh but also you can go out and shoot down at things there's a little bit Uh, it's not a lot there's a there's a degree of being able to look up and down in this game and mostly it actually makes to make things more difficult like there's a a part where you're there's a whole level that's just in a sewer uh and every once in a while these little sewer monsters pop up and you're basically the only way you can shoot them is to aim down and hit them uh but like if you haven't been doing a lot of like pointing down at things throughout the game it, it doesn't matter like it's just suddenly very hard to get that done uh Why don't you jump into telling us what the story is here? What is the story of Dark Forces?
1: Yeah. Okay. So so this takes place both immediately before the original Star Wars film and immediately after. So it's sort of in that fruitful period between, like, um, you know, Darth Vader knowing who Luke Skywalker is, and and also, uh, it it begins with Kyle Katarn, this sort of uh, gun for hire mercenary um being hired by the rebels to steal the death star plans uh and it's it's very um so it right out of the gate it like will be familiar to anybody who's seen the film rogue one um and and it's like uh you know the rebels are sort of on the run um like like they've they've won these two massive victories against the empire uh with the death star and and the stuff that happens in rogue one theoretically you know that's in the opening crawl of the original film and and so the the empire is like angry you know vader's angry and there's this is sort of like where the the civil war sort of breaks out um you know in earnest the way it does in like the original trilogy um and and basically once you get the the death star plans you know uh it's sort of like off camera you know the Death Star blows up and then it's like okay so what's the Empire gonna do next to kind of get revenge and show the the pesky rebel you know who are being a pain in the ass like what are they gonna do next um and so that's where they sort of have the lore excuse to you know in Doom there's like all these like sort of uh big scary monsters that you you know you open a door and run into this corridor and there's this giant red demon that just scares the hell out of you and uh so this game has the dark troopers um which feel very similar of course to the death troopers that we saw in in rogue one the sort of like um cyborg like elite stormtroopers um who have sort of like some some Darth Vader elements on them. They're like heavily armored. Uh, they're sort of big and scary and their armor is black instead of white. Um, you know, the, the dark troopers feel a little bit like those guys and, uh, they're sort of like enhanced super soldiers. Um, yeah. And so, so like you're kind of on the hunt, you're, you're on an investigation to get to the bottom of, of, you know, what this Imperial
0: plan is to, uh, Oh, before we before we do that, you did mention before, like the game does take place before and after the first movie. And the really only the before is that in the opening level of this game, your character steals the plans to the Death Star. Uh, A thing that obviously with the existence of Rogue One now, yeah, Kyle's not the guy behind this. So uh, that's that's a bit of a bummer. But um, yeah, it's that. And then you sort of jump forward to. All this stuff with these these new super soldiers, and and what follows is this very interesting investigation across the galaxy, where you're basically going planet by planet to bases and things, looking for the engineers responsible for this, uh, the people that are mining the materials being used for it, and and so on and so forth. Sort sort of in a race to stop the production of these robot monsters. Which also it, it it it's it's a very 90s like video game thing that I'm like oh did they have to make them like not human so you didn't feel bad about killing people but then I remember like you kill a lot of stormtroopers and they're definitely not robots.
1: Yeah yeah, stormtroopers are sort of the like grunt class enemy that you just you see like all the time and you see like um, imperial officers and, and and like Death Star uh, Death Star officers with like the black sort of semi Darth Vader looking helmets, um and, and all those guys are basically just like uh like fodder, right? Like they're they don't right. do too much. Um but then if you run into like a dark trooper or something bigger than that, it's it's a different story and you get into kind of doom uh level combat where there you know you got a scary bullet sponge that can like really uh you know ruin your day and you gotta run away and, and take cover and stuff, but uh Also, like, is it worth talking about this? Like, people may know this, but, um, the the guy originally hired to write the script for Rogue One, uh, was Gary Witta of, uh, Book of Eli fame. Do you know about this? So, so he, he was like the, he was a a games journalist once upon a time, right? So he would have been, he would have been like an editor and a reporter writing about video games back when, like, Dark Forces was a, a huge deal. And, um, and he is credited with fifty percent of the story by credit for Rogue One. So it's John Knoll who, or John Knolls, uh, who pitched the film to Kathleen Kennedy and said, "Like, hey, you mentioned this team of rebel spies in the opening credit, the opening crawl of Star Wars. Uh, they're never mentioned again. Like, let, let's like make a movie about those guys. Like, it's so obvious." Uh, Gary Witta helped like flesh out that idea and wrote like I believe like the first draft of the film. And so, like um, some of these like elements that are, are similar between the two, you know, the Dark Trooper and the Death Trooper, and Jin Urso and Jan Ors. I think it's pretty fair to speculate. I have not like interviewed Witta or spoken to him, but I feel like, um, you know, this 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 is a case where a Star Wars video game seems pretty clearly to have directly inspired elements, like significant elements of. Uh, you know, a Canon star Wars film in rogue one. Like, like, do you think so?
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like, obviously, I mean, um, like you said, like in the Canon story kind of, you know, overwrites the need for, for any of the dark forces stuff, but, uh, you know, I, this game was like significant, I think in that way, you know, it was very, um, historically important that it, it told the story of the Death Star plans or at least one version of that story. And, uh, you know, people really, really dug this game, I think. And, um, so, so it's, it, there's one of those, you know, we can talk about things that remind us of, oh, you know, that sequence in the last Jedi felt like that sequence in, shadows of the empire but right this 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 feels like very deliberate um you know a a a loving tribute to dark forces in rogue one and there's like a lot of examples of that
0: it it, our first two episodes here we have managed to select two games that like i i think we both see a lot of like uh in the in the modern films there's just so many little tips of the hat to, to things that happened here and like it's it's nice that those things live on after you know they're not around anymore. Last time I talked about how there's sequences in, in solo and in Rogue One that I I think uh uh and, and even in in uh Force Awakens that are, are hat tips to shadows. Uh and and Dark Forces has its own set of things here. And one of the things that I think makes Dark Forces so interesting, uh, is that the game was supposed to start Luke Skywalker when they first started making it. Cause obviously, because yeah. why why wouldn't you put the hero in the game and And Star Wars games did a very bad job at not making you Luke Skywalker and things. And then they did a very good job for a very long time. Uh, So you've got this new character and uh, he's not a Jedi uh, or he's not a Jedi yet. (laughs) Maybe at (laughs) some point down the road that changes. Uh, We'll get to that. Um, But in this game, he's he's just a regular dude out in the Star Wars universe who has some guns uh, and, and wants to help out. Uh, so you don't have any force power. So there's not, you're not shooting lightning out of your hands. You're not moving stuff around, which is good because obviously technically they weren't going to pull that off uh, in, in 1995. They weren't ready to do the the amount of stuff that would take to do that. So you've got uh, this normal guy who is a semi-reluctant hero. Uh, and also it is weird because they still hadn't figured out exactly what they were doing. There's... um. There's a lot about Doom that the the feedback loops and the, and the systems with the weapons are really interesting. Uh, and you sort of know in different situations that you need different things in Dark Forces. Basically, from the time that you get a stormtrooper like blaster, you, that's the gun you use for the rest of the game. Mostly it is. It has a ton of ammunition. It's always pretty strong. It's it's great from a distance. There's not really anything else you need but there are all these other weapons that you find that some of them I there I would never know how I was supposed to use this in the game. There's one that drops like mines on the ground and I guess if you're got if you've got a bunch of people like chasing you down on a hallway, that would be fine for them like running and, and tripping and, and detonating the mine but like that doesn't really happen in this game. You do have uh, thermal detonators and it is it is weird to watch. The first game in in this sort of first person style of games try to figure out throwable weapons because Doom doesn't have that. Uh, so there's like a very uh, there's a very memorable part in the game, which is basically when you first get grenades uh, and you come around uh, sort of you're you're in this hill and there's a bunch of stormtroopers and like a commander and they're all just standing in formation back in this in this valley, and obviously it is your chance to throw a grenade out there and kill all of them with with one shot, and it's always really cool. It's, it's up there with uh, one of those like weapon-based uh, moments like in uh, Postal, uh, which you know, you're know you going to talk about your boss fight book, I'll talk about mine, <laughs> where it, it introduces you to the idea of uh, a Molotov just as it introduces you to a marching band, and everyone in, in a video game knows what they're supposed to do in that moment, and this is one of those things, albeit a lot less... Fucked up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's so much that that happens here that's interesting from from a narrative perspective. There's a lot here that's interesting from a game perspective. And what is, I I did I did sort of a deeper dive this time around in looking at um the world of Star Wars and and all these locations because we you jump world to world in all these levels you're you're tracking down all these different people. There's all these uh, things that. This is one of those things that this game introduced places and people and and situations that uh, the rest of the Star Wars universe really picks up on in a big way. And then, of course, all this gets wiped out. Uh, So a lot of it has been brought back weirdly, uh, which uh, people keep pointing to uh, the the novel Tarkin, uh, which is a new Star Wars universe book. Uh, and it manages to mention almost all of these locations, including, like, uh, factories that you visit here and people and so on and so forth. Like, whoever wrote Tarkin really, really loved Dark Forces because they brought it back into the world of of, of the real for Star Wars again. And you know the book. Uh,
1: so Sort of, yeah. So, um some of this may be speculation and some of it may be semi-confirmed, but so James Luceno, uh, however you say his last name, James Luceno, he, uh, he wrote the Tarkin novel and he had written many, many, uh, expanded universe novels prior to, uh, what was like 2014. Um, so he really knew the expanded universe lore and, um, you know, had, had connections to, um, you know really flesh out that kind of stuff and at a certain point it was announced that you know hey um we're now in a new unified story group era of, of star wars where everything is canon everything is connected and and sort of informs um everything else in some you know way or or at least is is uh, we're going to try to maintain consistency and continuity now um but I believe that he he must have been writing Tarkin before that announcement was made, or even um, you know before the decision was made, and and so you immediately have a lot of these sort of legends elements in the book, and then um, again, like I I don't recall if this is speculation or confirmed, but I, I think that there was sort of a a you know where he had to rewrite. Or as he was editing things, you know, some quick decisions were probably made about okay, which characters from, you know, decades of lore about the Death Star are we gonna keep, and what are we gonna kind of uh, take the opportunity to get rid of? And um, I think people were surprised by the amount of like sort of name dropping that was he was allowed to keep, um, and yeah, and so so you're saying planets as well. Um, mm-hmm off the top of my head, I can't think of like planet names, but, um, but yeah, like he, like the Tarkin novel is based off, based on like a bedrock of like many years of, of ideas and things that we had like sort of heard about um, in, in the legends lore. And then, and then he kind of, you know, told all that story from Tarkin's point of view. Um, and then boom, they nuke the EU and create this new canon era of star Wars. And, and, Tarkin was either the first or the second thing uh, that was basically made canon like that was new um, as I recall so yeah there was like there was Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn I think and uh, that was like a first person novel told from Luke's point of view um, that supposedly is really fun but also like made fans mad uh, and then and then Tarkin came out about the same time and, and the Rebels prequel novel and uh, and yeah and so that set up the world of like, you know, these are the guys who built the Death Star um, and probably informed a lot of, of Rogue One and then the the tie-in stories that sort of built up to Rogue One as
0: well. It is it is interesting here that there is stuff about this um, that, you know, the, the more that I played the game, the more I was like, they, they did so much with things. And then there's also clearly more technical limitations of the time, which, for example, like, there aren't a lot of things in this game that aren't sort of general human-shaped creatures. Every once in a while, you've got a robot or something, but basically, like, I wonder how much of this game is this story of of the building of Dark Troopers simply because it was pretty easy to make another monster or or enemy that just was like a slightly taller, different colored version of a stormtrooper. Uh, it, it feels like that there was probably it's in in terms of of like big threatening story arcs uh, making a slightly better stormtrooper isn't isn't as scary as you would hope it to be and and the game actually has some some trouble with that too which uh, I was playing through on a pretty easy difficulty level because this game isn't as forgiving with you know hit boxes and things as it probably should be and it's still a pretty difficult time but each time uh, that you sort of uh, are on a planet and meet a different stage of the dark trooper being made it gets they get more complicated and, and stronger as the game goes along but it's always just like one of them and they're usually pretty easy to kill so the the idea of them being this big threat that like is necessitating all this time and effort from you doesn't make as much sense within the world of the gameplay as it probably should
1: yeah and there's sort of like a mad scientist element where uh maybe you know you kind of suspect that there should be more of these guys on the way but you know you usually see them like one at a time right and they're they're basically uh just have more more hit points they can just take more shots than like the little guys like but yeah they uh they start to feel like the the sort of base red demon that you see in doom all the time and and i guess they get progressively larger and and like look a little bit more different each time right but
0: which is, uh, in, in that Doom mod, uh, obviously, like, you're, what, what that mod allowed people to do is you, you were swapping out how these things looked, but you couldn't really swap out, like, how they move or how strong they are or things like that. So, uh, obviously, the normal, like, zombie soldiers and stuff uh, from Doom became the Stormtroopers. Uh, but one of the things that I really loved is that the little uh, floaty uh, Lost Souls, the little flaming skull guys that fly around that are always so goddamn annoying in Doom... Uh, the image that replaces them in the game they become uh, interrogation droids and when I saw that the first time I was like oh that's so smart uh, and like the barons of hell which are the big red dudes that like shoot green stuff at you those are the uh, red imperial royal guards like there was a lot of like swapping stuff that was like you you know what yes in, in, in the Doom world that is what that Star Wars equivalent is and like whoever put it together like really knew what they were doing in a way that like that feels a little more inspired than some of the choices within dark forces itself. And I was like, okay, like, uh, they, they didn't steal all the ideas that they could have here. And, uh, and, and that would have been okay. Uh, is there anything in this game that stuck out to you? What be it, uh, moments or, or, levels or, or cool, cool stuff that happened?
1: Um, you know, I mean, we, we just like played all of, uh, shadows of the empire pretty recently, like October. So, Um, obviously the Boba Fett moment was like a definite, like, okay, here we can compare and contrast the two games, right? Where, um, you know, these games came out a year apart, a year and a half apart, something like that, 1995 and then 1996. So to see dark forces have this very, um... You know, charming and cool, but, but like kind of vanilla Boba Fett fight. Like, wouldn't you agree? I mean, he moves very quickly. He does use his jetpack, you know, and it looks the, very the cool.
0: Bo- the Boba Fett fight in Shadows of the Empire, which I I made a note here that we should just start a running tally in these games of how often you must fight Boba Fett, because uh, currently <laughs> we're two for two. Um, Yeah, the the Dark Forces version isn't nearly as fun, and he we spent so much time in, in the last episode talking about like, how scary he was and how it showed off like, wow, this guy is just uh, a different level of like being from everything else in this world. So I, we understand why he, he is the, the biggest bounty hunter name out there, out on the books. Uh, here, it is it is just like a sort of a, a quick boss fight. And then you kill him. Like, I, I, I guess he's, he's not really knocked out, but like you, you kill Boba Fett in this one. Whereas in the other one, he like ran away and i was like i don't think he's dead that's weird that i killed boba fett because i I know we're gonna have to deal with him again hundreds of times over the course of this show
1: yeah yeah and and like i i think that you you see like this huge leap in technology between the two games right like um i I couldn't help but even even as like dark forces like so charmed me with uh You know, it's amazing sort of like 2D sprites for the characters and the amazing music like the Imperial March. And there's even like original scoring, too, and like the spaceship models, like like all that stuff in Dark Forces is so charming to hear and look at. But at the same time, having just played Shadows of the Empire and knowing how much work was put into that one and and like. the the closeness like you know these these are like back-to-back games in the grand scheme of things and 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 shadows the empire is just like this huge technical achievement and and like dark forces gave me such a better appreciation of shadows the empire in retrospect like um and and yeah like like the boba fett fight is is totally like the shining example of of that and like just how how far lucas arts sort of Pushed what they were capable of doing with Shadows of the Empire because, you know, there in that game, you know, the jetpack really matters. The, uh-huh. the, um, the you know the the arena that you fight him in has like these pillars and it. so it, like in Dark Forces it even like looked vaguely similar to the fight but I mean there's like uh-huh. no com- no comparison mechanically right in terms of like in Shadows of the Empire you've got a jetpack you can go like you know. You can go to like really high elevations using the jetpack. Boba Fett can do the same thing. It's like this insane aerial battle for most of it or a lot of it, depending mm-hmm. on how you choose to play. And in Dark Forces, it's pretty much the um, you know the standard like Doom boss fight, which is like okay, here's like this very dangerous guy, and you're you're sort of in an enclosed arena, and you basically just have to keep moving manage your health bar, manage your ammo and like hope that it works out for you. Right. I mean, right. Um, and, and so things that like we, I might've said the you know, critical of the boss fights in shadows, of the empire, I, you know, I hereby take back because, um, you know, like dark forces is, is a beautiful, gorgeous game. And it's like, it's really, you know, fun to play and look at. And like the cutscenes are amazing, but, uh, but yeah, it, it shadows, of the empire, um, you know really really like sort of mechanically is able to capture the um you know like the the character of like something like boba fett whereas um like you're saying in dark forces you're essentially like swapping out like pretty pretty like standard um you know fps enemies for for sprites that look like you know a a stormtrooper or whatever um but you know
0: and that that plays into other things too where it is that um Shadow of the Empire is, I, th- I, th- I don't think you'll disagree with me on this, a lot more fun. Maybe not now, but like then, like the replayability of something like that is is more exciting. A, because as we talked about, it's five different games and you never know what you're up to. And this is sort of the same thing from start to finish. But also because uh, what one of the coolest parts about this game, but also one of the, the things I think that, you know, now isn't, as exciting to me is that it is like 13 levels long uh, and these levels are mostly gigantic they're these huge huge sprawling things which is it makes it so cool it means that you can do so many interesting things and there's so many little secrets uh and 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 cool opportunities but also uh a lot of it especially later in game is uh you finding a switch somewhere and then having to backtrack through other gigantic large areas and pretty soon you're like well, I've been in this level for like 35 minutes, and uh, A one, I'm not even sure where I'm supposed to go anymore, and B two, like, I'm I'm getting bored of this, and and then there's there's an added element of this too that like, it, an interesting thing about games, especially in the 90s, is that things are transitioning out of the arcade model, uh, and like the idea of something needing to have lives uh isn't as important but you still have a set number of lives in each mission that you take on in dark forces and you can't really save so you get a couple of shots at a thing and if you fail then you just get kicked back out to the menu and you have to restart that level again from the very beginning and it is it is a weird thing to just be like why can't i just do save points and uh i i know that we're just a few years away from that happening in the games but like it it makes it when you've sunk 45 minutes into a level and something goes wrong uh, or the game decides it's some enemy that you can't see can shoot you through a wall and then you die uh it is it is a very specific 2018 frustration that I'm like no I don't I don't have time for this and this isn't as fun as I wanted it to be
1: yeah I think we're really spoiled by modern video games that are just really damn good like the you know 2017 like battlefront 2 campaign is like you know here's like a very big budget Star Wars campaign with amazing, you know, production values, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Like, you know, you sort of nailed it when you said that Shadows is more fun um, than Dark Forces. I think that if there's a threshold and on one side you have historical significance and sort of like, um, you know... The sort of scholarly appreciation and people saying, Oh, I care about Star Wars and I want to experience this. And you have that on the, you know, one side of the threshold. And then on the other threshold, you have, I want to play like a damn good first person shooter. Uh-huh. I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, I, I played Jedi Outcast first. I was like 13 when uh, Jedi Outcast came out. And so to go uh-huh. back to Dark Forces, you know, it sort of falls a little, uh, you know, on the, Sort of scholarly side of the threshold for me, where, um, yeah, I kept I kept wanting to enjoy it more than I was, um, but you know, I would say the same that, thing that about that sums the up my experience Doom.
0: with this too. Is is I was like, I just I just wanted it to be a little more fun. I I went in I think with my expectations. I I I hadn't played it that many years ago. Like I I I. I, I knew what I was getting into when we went in to do this episode, but I was just like, it should just be, it should just be a little more fun. Like there's bursts of things where like, well, that's interesting. And then it is a, a lot of the same thing. And it is, it is a lot of the same thing where it's like, uh, like I was saying about the weapons, like there's stuff there and you could definitely do that stuff. But like, why would you? Uh, like I, no, no one's ever going to use the mines. Ostensibly that's pro. it's probably a cool way to work through like the sewer level or something. That just uh, no one will no one will ever play the game that way Yeah and I'm sure people who are
1: more um, PC savvy than I you know probably could could program like a gamepad really well to work with dark forces uh, but my experience with like configuring like a ps4 controller to play shadows was like infinitely more intuitive and successful than like trying (laughs) trying to trying to use the ps4 controller on this game and then so inevitably doing things like switching from like the e11 blaster rifle to like the thermal detonator and trying to be like fancy or leave even look up and down like you said like i just ignored all that shit for most of the time but (laughs) uh yeah so it ends up being like a game that um you know, the, the pixel art sort of cut scenes and things like that. And, and, and seeing like really significant moments in the game where like, there's a hologram of the death star, uh, like the, you know, the
0: blueprints sort of hanging suspended in the air. It's a um, couple of dots floating around and it's still so cool. I remember how cool yeah. it was as a kid. It's still kind of cool now. And you're just like, that's, that's, that's cool. It's just there and it doesn't have to be. And it's not even something that yet. Yeah, yeah. So there's, and then later, like, other, like, plans are done in the same way. Like, it's, it, it, it makes, it tricks you into thinking you're in a real 3D space, and it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and like, you touched on this already, but the, the, you know, if you look at the original Doom, and then put Dark Forces next to it, um, like, the environments, uh, a lot of the time, when you're sort of, like, in Imperial spaces, when you're in, like, um, you know, Darth Vader's uh Star Destroyer at one point I think and like uh you know environments like that um with the sort of Death Star interior and the the blinking lights and the the reds and the blacks everywhere like that stuff gives such life and texture to these environments that uh I feel like I don't remember seeing so much in Doom you know um right I, I think in Doom you spend a lot of times crawling in like this toxic green sludge to get like <laughs> keys and things that you need to get and then the dark forces equivalent of that would be like you're crawling sort of ankle deep in like sewer muck and and then there's like there's enemies in there and it just it feels a little more uh fleshed out so I mean like yeah it, well, you know
0: yeah you actually have the ability to sort of swim in this like there's right it's it's not just you walking through something which which also it, it deserves to be mentioned. There is an entire level that takes place in a sewer in an abandoned city where there is constantly sewage pouring out of the ceilings and stuff. And you're like, whose sewage is this? There's no one on this planet. (laughs) I don't I don't know if it's just like a fountain that keeps taking sewage from the bottom and pouring it up at the top. But like there's no one up there doing sewage. Uh, I don't know why it's there. Uh, But it does. It also like it creates situations where there's puzzles where you're in sewage or or in other levels water or things and you need to flip switches to make the thing go in a different direction which is such old video game logic like well that's a puzzle that you've got to figure out now is is what direction the shit takes you to get the key and you're just like all right this is this is not the best use of my time and and figuring out an arcane system of of what button goes to what thing isn't the best use of time but yes there's also lighting and One of the things that I think is incredible, I watched a couple of uh, YouTube like video reviews from people playing it now just to see how other people were experiencing it. And so many people have all these frustrations of like, there's this part of the level that's completely in the dark. And where am I even supposed to and how am I supposed to know where I'm going? And like, you're like, but there's you have a flashlight. Like, I don't know if Uh. since no one has the manual anymore, not not everyone knows what every button does. But like, you can just turn on a flashlight and then then you're good to go. Uh, so watching people get really frustrated with that uh, amused me. there's there's a number of weird little uh, things in this like uh, like night vision and like ice boots. Uh, weird stuff that like it it doesn't really affect anything. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's it's gadgets that like just like the mines, I, I guess as well. it's just it's stuff that probably could have been used for something and if they would have kept making like if if there was a doom chew to to this, like that was, uh, because Dark Forces 2 is just wildly different like it goes so many other places if they made more dark forces that was just like more levels of dark forces i think at some point they would have found interesting stuff to do with this they just don't they'll get anywhere so you're like all right ice boots i guess yeah yeah that's a yeah. thing
1: there's a gas mask and i i don't know that i
0: yeah yeah i, I didn't
1: like i i spent a lot of time like having to consult like walkthroughs um, because like I would, you know, f- like confession time, like, like some of the, the puzzles, you just, you just lose your patience and you're like, I just right. got to like look up a walkthrough and see like what the hell I'm supposed to be doing because I'm sick of looking at this map now and I want to go to the next one. Uh, so, so I mean, yeah, you know, uh, I think that a lot of care was taken in designing these things
0: but they're almost it's, it's beautiful just looking at the maps like the top down versions of the maps versus like i mean i always loved doom but like looking at like the complexity that some of these levels get into which is also their problem like game we there was nothing in game to tell you sort of like na- like in narrative design ways how, how to go where to go next like in in shadow of the empire of course you you always know it's sort of linear and you know where you're going next for the most part this is sort of sprawling and that's what makes it still cool because it's a mo- kind of unknowable, but it also means that you just, yeah, you're in circles at points and you're like, I, no one's shooting at me. I don't, uh, I, I guess I'll walk until something gets mad at me. Like that'll just let me know when I've gone somewhere new. <laughs> yeah. There's sort
1: of like, obviously there's more than two, but there's sort of like two kind of, uh, philosophies of game design. Maybe where like, um, You know, there's this sort of Atari 2600 NES era of game design where we're like, hey, you're on your own, buddy. Like, good luck, you know. (laughs) Hope you you can figure this out. And then there's the more modern, like, hey, you know, people's time is precious. They probably, uh, you know want to find that articraft that Laura Croft's looking for and uh and <laughs> kill, kill the kill the bad guy and get the hell out of here and get on with their lives and and dark forces is sort of on the cusp of the 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 former of where it's just um you know it does have that doom style uh find some keys find some um you know uh whatever like the clues to the investigation and things like that and and uh and the 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 environment design um uh, I think sort of grows out of the puzzles rather than the other way around. Y- you see this all throughout the series though, without, without getting into the Jedi Knight stuff. Um, that's a theme that stays with the series for pretty much forever. And, um, you know, people like it It's part of the charm, uh, you know, but I think that in a, a really, uh, more sort of You know, I can find my way around Jedi Outcast a lot more easily because you've got these very, like, true 3D environments that, you know, have a lot of uh, visual cues and things like that. And with the lighting and uh, you can see, you know, where the the elevation is changing or where the enemies are kind of concentrated and, and in Dark Forces everything feels random like you don't you don't sort of feel the genius of the design even though you kind of know it's there because the puzzles are so intricate if right. that makes any sense um
0: yes <laughs> but yeah um yeah i don't know um, it's i have a couple of qua- last quick little notes here uh the uh the one i want to mention was that um uh the absolute biggest moment of this game i think for me and as soon as it happened i was like shouting because I'd, I'd forgotten it from like when i was a kid but there is a level that starts on on jabba's uh, jabba the hut's luxury yacht uh which just opens with you with all of your stuff taken away and you're in a big fighting pit and a giant dragon monster thing comes running out and the only way you can kill it is to basically just run around punching it uh, <laughs> while it while it eats you and more often than not until you have a whole like system worked out you just like die immediately and it's one of the scariest things I'd ever experienced in games like I, there was there was doom with the cyber demon that suddenly it's just you and him in a level together and you're like it, it's just you running and screaming like what am I doing no 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 go away it is mm-hmm. the same thing with this you just mostly run around and you're like is there like a button I'm supposed to be hitting like nope I just gotta punch this okay god damn it god damn it it is scary
1: yeah and, and like they, they do make use of like narrow, like claustrophobic, like corridors, and like the sort of, uh, you know, the darkness, and 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 having to, like sometimes you end up in a in a firefight, or you know, uh, you're in the dark, and you don't really have time to be like, oh, I gotta do like function key and then f whatever f9 or f8 to try to like turn my flashlight on because i'm getting killed so so you kind of use the light of your blaster fire to you know and it's like it becomes like this very horrific thing for a little bit um but but yeah it's uh i don't know it's so it's so um it's charming to look at but but at the same time like Sort of the reason to recommend this game is like, you know, hey, you should check out this game, you know, at least a little bit to kind of prepare yourself for the sequels and kind of like know the, uh, the continuity there, like the, the little bit of backstory that there is. There's sort of like an Imperial General who's sort of uh, orchestrating this dark trooper uh, operation.
0: But, General, but, General Ron Mock, who also, yeah. uh, spoiler, uh, he is the final boss in the game where instead of going up against uh, a real dark trooper in its final state, he actually puts it on like an exoskeleton sort of thing. But he's also this big, like, heavyset guy. So it winds up being like a lot like the final fight in the first Iron Man film where it's just like <laughs> uh, the older, heavier guy puts on the bigger... Uh, Iron Man suit. I was like, let's let's duke this out which uh, weirdly, his character uh, in in the lore uh, is a guy that believes in fighting like up close and with your fists. like he doesn't even like using guns, which putting him in a giant flying robot suit that fires guns at you is a weird ending for that character. But he, there's a, that that's a weird detail because like also like in the lore he's like somebody that fought against the, had the Death Star being created because he thought it was too impersonal. I was just like, that's so, that's so weird. He's he's like the the Joker, uh, the Dark Knight Joker of the Star Wars universe. He's like, I just want knives and up close. And, and then they he's in a flying robot suit and you're like, all right, well, it seems like, you know, whoever was making the game and whoever was doing the lore on this one, they didn't have to talk that much. So that's how you get that.
1: Yeah. Um, like a, a couple little like sort of canon connections that I have noted here. Like, so I always like look, to see who the voice actors are for some reason uh and, and because like star wars voice actors uh get kind of uh you know reused uh which is like a bad word but you know what i mean like they uh they hire the same you know talented people because of various agencies and things i suspect but but anyway uh nick jameson who voices katarn in this one Evidently, he voiced uh, Chancellor Palpatine a bunch in the Clone Wars series that everybody loves from 2008, and then Scott Lawrence, who voices Vader in this, uh, actually voices Jarek Yeager in the new series Resistance that just came out. And uh, cool. So so yeah, there's there's uh, you know that's one of the things. And then later it entries in the series too. You've got uh, people from all kinds of uh, you know canon star wars so so there's that sort of uh, connective tissue there and, and katarn's blaster the prior the briar pistol that he uses like all throughout these uh dark forces and jedi knight games that actually showed up in the 2015 battlefront um so it's sort of like semi-canon and, and you know um
0: the people that, who that, that blaster is named for the guy that drew up the weapons for this game oh so, uh, the guy that invented the mines that no one ever will use also, uh, put his name on the blaster. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And like, um, you know, little nods like that are kind of fun. Um, you know, that's sort of, I, I suppose like Lucasfilm's way of saying like, Hey, you know, we're, we're fans of that thing too. You know, maybe, maybe we don't have room for Dash Rendar and, the newest star wars <laughs> you know a uh, cartoon series or for yeah. kyle katarn but but you know damn you know we love those games too and and here's that blaster pistol and uh you know know that uh you know this stuff continues to like inspire things today and and i always find that fascinating when uh you know um these games mean a lot to people, and and the the people who are making things in Star Wars now, like probably that Gary Whitta fellow who uh you know wrote the first draft of Rogue One, you know people like that, people like Ryan Johnson, whatever. You know we can speculate about inspirations for things, and but but the fact is like people who are working on Star Wars now are like our age, so they you know they grew right. up in the the late '90s and the early 2000s. And so, yeah, they, you know, they did play these games and fell in love with them. And, and so, you know, anytime I see something in like resistance or rebels or whatever, and I'm like, damn, that kind of seems like that thing I love, uh, from that video <laughs> game,
0: you know, it's always more fun to sort of say,
1: oh yeah, like that's a direct inspiration.
0: And, uh, you know, that people like things that they like, and then we'll use those things in other things that they like, I'm finding <laughs> yeah. out about this today. So yeah, that's, yeah. So and, uh, I, I, I would like to also mention that the absolute worst thing that happens in here that, thank God, well, this will never be part of the Star Wars universe again, is that a giant plot point here is that you uh, track down a character named Moff Rebus, uh, who is the guy that made all the weapons for the Dark Troopers during this game. Uh, and the reason that you know to go looking for him uh, is he puts his initials on all the, the weapons he makes. So uh, <laughs> so that's why you know who, who did it, because... The Empire was like, yeah, man, just go ahead and just keep putting your initials on all those guns you make. That's we'll uh, we have no problem with that. It's it's nice that you care about your craftsmanship.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here in the Empire, we we value individuality and uh, you know,
0: craftsmanship above
1: above all else, for Art, sure. Artisanal and,
0: blasters. It's important.
1: Uh, yeah. W- which is interesting, you know, like in, in the Clone Wars and stuff, you have all these stormtrooper looking Guys around and they they get to sort of paint racing stripes and wolf insignias all over their shit but then the stormtroopers are like you know uh very uniform and and plain and they're <laughs> they're not allowed any kind of identity and that, that kind of carries forward up into the new films as well so but yeah we've
0: well, we hit our hour point here uh i think we close out by doing what we do normally uh do you recommend that people go back and give this a spin <laughs> Yeah, I mean
1: I I kind of touched on this before, but uh you know, it's it's sort of like if if you if you care about uh learning like the the history of these characters like Kyle Katarn, you know, Um, A lot of people care about Kyle Katarn and, and, you know, they might say, you know, he's my favorite Star Wars character. And the fact is, is like in the later entries, he becomes like an intensely likable, charismatic character. He's sort of like, he's sort of like a badass Jedi. Okay. Like Luke Skywalker is a badass of a different color. You know, he's sort of like, he's sort of very um, nonviolent and like (laughs) <laughs> almost Jesus like in, in his like goodness. And Katarin's like, ah, you know, fuck this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go show those guys, you know, uh, you know, not to mess with me, I'm gonna get revenge. And he's just he's very like relatable. He sort of seems like um a character that belongs in like Red Dead Redemption but but transplanted to the Star Wars universe, eventually given force powers and a lightsaber, which we may talk about very soon, uh, and things like that. And and he's just uh, Jan Orrs, same thing, you know, his, his partner in crime. Uh, you know, the voice performances are, are very charming. And, and so so it's like you can invest in dark forces to kind of lay the groundwork for the games to come. Uh, you may you may find it incredibly frustrating and incredibly punishing at times in terms of uh, you know, solving these puzzles and it may try your patience. Uh, but it's one of the most like beautiful games from 1995 that you fire up today and hear the music sound effects um look at that the pixel art um, those 3d environments um it's a very very beautiful game for 1995
0: that is the best version of this i can i can think of saying like i there's there's very little to add to that it is it is a bit of a trying experience and if you want to uh plow through it uh just to have it uh, i'd recommend uh throw the cheat codes on uh you you needn't be frustrated with the game on top of everything else uh it's uh it has patches that are just uh wonky enough that you're like I, this isn't worth it uh but uh i enjoy it i think it's a a great, great really cool thing i don't know if i'd go as far as you went earlier when you were like i would recommend it to somebody so they have like a line in before starting uh, dark forces too i don't think uh, you need that. there's it's 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 very <laughs> difficult to even sum up what happened here that isn't it it is it is a perfect product of of what it was born from. It is a bunch of people wanting to be able to do a shooty version of of running around the Death Star. So LucasArts gave them that in slightly different things named in slightly different ways uh, that all look exactly the same as that. Um, and it's fun. and it's really good at what it does, uh, and it's interesting. but, uh, there's not as much around the edges that, that we, we, I think we listed off every cool moment I can think of from the game, including some very small ones. Uh, and, and that does it for me. Uh, I, I enjoyed going back to it, but I'm really looking forward to the, I'm more excited that we have this out of the way now so we can get on to <laughs> everything that comes after it or before. I mean, we're probably going back in time after this one to other games, but, uh, yeah, the other Kyle Katarn adventures and things like that. I, I'm excited for this. So, uh, this was a good time for me. I really enjoyed it. Uh, that's been our show, x in It. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say before we end? Uh, no, I don't think so. I
1: uh, We haven't talked about what the next game will be, so we'll have to kind of put our heads together and decide something very different. Because, you know, our first two episodes were Shadows and Dark Forces. They're very similar games from a very similar time period. So we'll probably sort of... Uh, yeah, like you said, jump, jump far backwards or, or forwards or something. Uh, and so we got to put our heads together and decide what that'll be. Um, but
0: but it, yeah, it, we kind of needed to do these first because these are such pinnacle moments for this, both what it built, what the series built towards, and then what it's you know harkening back to. So now we have we have some touchstones, we have some language on which to build with the rest of the show. Uh, I'm Brock Wilber. I'm at Brock Wilbur on on Twitter and other places. Uh, you can check out some of my other podcasts on itunes uh where can people find you
1: uh, i'm alex j kane on
0: twitter mostly
1: um at the moment i'm writing th- some things for star wars.com and polygon uh finishing up the night's little republic book uh for like the copy edits so um you yeah, got that coming on the way pretty soon uh the Follow book on, boss
0: fight books Buy all those other books
1: <laughs> by all the boss fight books uh man yeah some of them are so amazing and uh and some of them i still have to read as well but uh yeah like the knights of the Old republic book will be basically a deep dive into the making of the game and sort of telling the human story behind knights of the Old republic in a way that hopefully people will feel like you know they're hearing things they've never heard before um because you know I, I did I did so many original interviews and uh, kind of dug up you know maybe maybe people who who weren't prominent voices in the press uh, through Biowares history, but who have incredible stories to tell about their time you know contributing to Star Wars in ways that you can still see reflected today. So that, that's been a really exciting amazing project for like, a long ass time, (laughs) you know, I I think your your
0: boss fight book is going to be so much better than my boss fight book. And I'm already upset about stop talking about how much work you did and what a good journalist you are. It's upsetting. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Yeah. Well, no, I, and
1: I, uh, I signed the contract like two years ago and I, I ultimately like ended up scrapping like, 95 percent of my first draft and like and uh and just went in a completely different direction after i i did like one or two specific interviews that i was like oh man human beings make video games Uh, (laughs) and they and they have stories to tell and uh and you don't get to hear them often with star wars stuff from the the distant past you know because uh games journalism was sort of different back
0: then um Oh God, I get it. You care about people too. Oh my God. It's so Uh, much. (laughs)
1: Yeah. They're the worst. They're the worst. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's the stuff that I like to read. and, And so hopefully, you know, uh, and that's kind of what your book does a little bit too, right? Like your your book's sort of like a hybrid of that. No,
0: I'm not humanizing anything in mine. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening <laughs> to X-winging it. Uh, please subscribe, like, give us some comments, let us know how you're enjoying the show, and, and just thank you for your time. Thank you so much for the kind words. Bye 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 bye.